Interpreter, I'm going to start with a land acknowledgement. The West Hollywood Planning Commission acknowledges that the land on which we gather and that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielina Tongva and Gabrielino Keach people. I would like to call this regularly scheduled Planning Commission meeting to order. The date is February 15, 2024. It is 6.36. And uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Jeff Seymour, do you mind leading us in the pledge? Thank you. I'll stand. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Jeff. David, roll call. Uh, thank you. Good evening, Commission. Um, before I take roll call, I need to officially announce uh, Commissioner Copeland has officially uh, stated her uh, resignation from the Planning Commission, effective February 13, 2024. And tonight, Commissioner Matos will be absent, so all uh, voting will reflect that. Commissioner Jones. Here. Uh, Commissioner Gregoire. Here. Commissioner Edwards. Here. Vice Chair Lombardi. Present. Chair Carvalero. Here. And we have a quorum. Great, thank you. Approval of the agenda. Um, given I need to recuse myself from item 9B, and Vice Chair Lombardi will manage the second half of the meeting, I would like to suggest that we move items 14, items from the staff, and item 16, items from commissioners, to take place immediately after item 8, the consent calendar. Is everybody in agreement? That's right. Yes, yeah, I'll move. Okay, thank you. Do I have a second? I'll second. Uh, motion by Commissioner Jones, seconded by Vice Chair Lombardi. And the agenda is approved as amended for February 15th, 2024. Great. Uh, next item, approval of the meeting minutes from February 1st, 2024. Do we have any changes to the meeting minutes? I move approval. Second. Motion by Commissioner Gregoire, seconded by Commissioner Edwards. And the minutes uh, for February 1st, 2024, are approved as presented. Great. Uh, noting Commissioner Matos absent. Thank you. Item six, public comments. David, do we have any public comments at this we time? We have no general public comment at this time. Okay, thank you. Um, item seven, director's report. Good evening, commissioners, uh, chair, vice chair. Nick Marisich, director of community development. I have a short report for you this evening. I wanted to follow up on a couple of items that I reported to you on at the last meeting. The city council held a public hearing on the appeal of the project at 8025 Santa Monica Boulevard, and the council took an action to deny the appeal and sustain the decision of the Planning Commission. Uh, and also, as I mentioned to you previously, the appeal of the Planning Commission's approval of the project at 9 
10 Weatherly Drive is agendized for public hearing at the City Council, and that will be next Tuesday, February 20th. And on behalf of the staff, I also wanted to extend my appreciation to Kimberly Copeland for her service to the City on the Planning Commission. Um, she shared with me that she came to serve on the Commission without much in the way of experience with the world of planning, but you know that she had a goal of doing her part to help shape a better future for the community. And we are very grateful that she did. Um, and as each of you know well, volunteering in this role to serve on the Planning Commission can be a challenging job. Uh, lots of homework, reviewing plans, reading reports, critical thinking, showing up prepared to engage in the important business that comes before this body. And we know that's on top of the responsibilities that you all have with your home and work lives outside of volunteering for the city. So as I said, I wanted to acknowledge and appreciate the important contributions that Kimberly has made during her time with the Planning Commission. And I know we will all miss her in these meetings, but we wish her the very best. Thank you, that concludes my report. Do we have any questions for the director? No? Thank you. Item eight, the consent calendar, we have none. And now we'll skip to item 14, items from the staff, the planning managers, update and subcommittee management. Right, I'll also make a note now. Um, given Commissioner Gope, uh, Copeland's resignation, we now have one open seat on our long-range subcommittee. We will appoint someone to fill her seat before our next regularly scheduled Planning Commission meeting. Good evening. Thank you, Chair and Commissioners. Um, so I'll give an update on the upcoming full Planning Commission meeting agenda items, as well as the subcommittee items that are upcoming, um, and then we can address the the subcommittee appointments. <clears throat> so the next meeting is March 7th. Uh, at that meeting we will have, we have scheduled another billboard project for 8497 to 8499 Sunset Boulevard. We also have a subdivision scheduled for that night at 1051 Spalding Avenue. For the next meeting, which would be March 21st, we currently have no items scheduled. Um, and then for the design review subcommittee meeting upcoming, as well as the long-range project subcommittee, and also for the Sunset Arts and Advertising subcommittee, we have no upcoming items. Thank you. Do we have any comments um, or updates that we need to share? No? Okay, item 16, items from the commissioners. Do we have... Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how this works yet, still being one of the newer members of the uh, Planning Commission. Um, but I was trying to find out if staff can give a presentation to the commissioners on the city's urban design architectural studio. It's completely new to me. And so I thought maybe a presentation would help on how it came to be, what's his role, and you know how it interacts with the uh, Planning Commission. If everybody's okay with that. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Any other comments? Yeah. Commissioner Jones? Yeah, I have a few comments that I wanted to make. It's actually um, good, I guess, that they're happening at the beginning of the meeting. So one, I just did want to make a public announcement uh, that I am having a baby in about four weeks, and I will be taking a leave of absence from the Planning Commission as a result, uh, probably for six weeks. It may be a little bit longer. I may be joining some meetings remotely, but didn't want to make 
a public announcement about that. I would have liked to have done it earlier, uh, but we didn't have any meetings. So, um, and there was, there was no one here at the last meeting, so it seemed uh, like a fool's errand. So in any case, I did want to call attention to that. I also did want to uh, thank Commissioner <coughs> Copeland for her contributions. I was, we, she will be dearly missed. Uh, she was incredibly measured um, just in her approach to everything that we've heard here, um, and my best is with her. So just wanted to state that publicly. Um, I talked to someone on staff about this, but I did want to make a quick comment about um, noticing and neighborhood meetings for subcommittees. Uh, I know there have been some questions about this, um, but I think it merits discussion, whether it's you know at the staff level or at a commission level at a later date, um, to address how um, SASE, DRS, et cetera, uh, are noticed and neighborhood meetings for those. Um, I won't say anything more than that, but something that uh, I think that would be worthy of discussion uh, to involve as many people from the community as possible. And that's all I have at this time. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Gregoire. Uh, just a shout out to uh, Kimberly Copeland. She will be missed. She made a really tremendous contribution to this commission, and uh, we will miss her input and her analysis. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair. Thank you. Um, I also want to acknowledge and appreciate all of uh, Kimberly Copeland's time on the Planning Commission. She was truly a delight to work with. Um, she cares deeply about our community. I could, I could always tell that and, and appreciated it. And um, her close attention to the matters that we were hearing as well. Um, and, and she was also really, really fun in the brief breaks that we got between meetings, too. So she will be deeply missed, and I do want to thank her for all of her time and contributions. Yeah, everything's been said about Commissioner Copeland, but I just want to note that I truly enjoyed working with her. Her comments were always considerate and thoughtful and very well put together. I'm going to miss having her sit next to me, and I wish her all the best going forward. Okay, thank you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Go I, ahead, Commissioner. I, just, I thought we were going to do that later on. So, I also want to share my appreciation for Commissioner Copeland. I, I love being in, in community with serious people who do the work, have the conversations, and I, it was a, such a short period of time, but I really enjoyed working with her. I loved her insights, and I learned a lot. So, I'm truly going to miss her, and I wish her the best. Thank you. All right, so moving on to item nine, public hearing, section one, project subject Chair. to the Housing Accountability Act. Chair, sorry, oh, really sorry. fast. Um, I believe you were going to um, appoint a replacement, a temporary replacement for Commissioner Jones on the Design Review Subcommittee and Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee. Did you want to do that this evening? No, that's why I made the comment that we would do it at the next oh, meeting. Oh, okay, I thought that was just long range. To, okay, yeah. thank okay. you. Great, thank you. Okay, um, item nine, public hearing, section one, projects subject to the Housing Accountability Act. We do not have any. Um, so that moves us on to number 10, public hearing, section two, projects that require a public hearing under the law. Item 10A, the commission has been asked to consider a request to extend the permit expiration date for a previously approved project located at 8920 Sunset Boulevard. And I understand Mr. Doug Vu has a st staff report for us.
All right. Uh, good evening, Chair Carpolero, members of the Commission, Doug Boo of Department staff. Um, I really only have a few words, um, but the item before you is a request to extend the entitlements to redevelop the nearly half-acre site um, at the southeast, cor southeast corner of Sunset Boulevard and Hilldale Avenue uh, with a new nine-story mixed-use development that was approved in 2018 as the Arts Club project. Um, since uh, entitlements of the project took effect in April of 2019, There we go. Uh, since the entitlements of the project took, uh, took effect in April 2019, the project has received two amendments and an extension that are described in detail in the staff report. Um, but the current project consists of, like I described, a nine story and approximately 117,000 square foot commercial building um, containing a private club that includes lounges, dining rooms, outdoor terraces, uh, a ground floor art gallery and a rooftop deck. And in addition to that, um, the building also includes creative office, ground floor retail and restaurant with outdoor dining uses um, over a valley operated underground garage with 279 parking spaces. Um, so despite the first wave of setbacks that the COVID-19 national emergency imposed on this project just months after building applications were submitted, um, the project plan check process continued during the pandemic um, and a request for a second and final one-year extension was received by the city in early 2023. Um, however, the project also faced additional challenges caused by the pandemic that resulted in an economic downturn and led to increases in inflation and financing rates throughout 2023, um, which the applicant um, would be able to elaborate further upon. But given the time limits for implementing entitlements that are mandated by the zoning ordinance, um, the pending extension request and an ordinance that would provide an additional extension of time um, to negotiate and execute a new development agreement, um, it would be necessary for the project to get built. The proposed ordinance is temporary and would sunset at the end of this calendar year, um, but could be used by other approved projects that have not yet expired and are experiencing similar challenges. Um, the justification for these requests is valid um, and their approval will give the city the necessary tools to require projects that are constructed in a timely manner and that project sites do not remain vacant for an indefinite period of time, um, which is an issue that the city council is concerned about. Um, therefore, staff recommends approval and I'm available to answer any questions. Thank you, do we have any questions for staff? Nope. Um, then any commissioner disclosures? Commissioner Gregoire? No? Vice Chair? Commissioner disclosures? Yes, I had a, a brief discussion with the applicant's representative. Uh, we discussed matters included within the staff, staff report. Commissioner Jones? Yeah, um, I had a brief phone call with the applicant's representative and we discussed items contained in the staff report. Commissioner Edwards? Uh, yes, I had a brief conversation with the uh, applicant's uh, representative to discuss what's in the staff report. I also had a brief conversation with the applicant's representative uh, to discuss items in the staff report. Thank you. Now, applicant's presentation. You have 10 minutes. Please state your name and city of residence. 
Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, DJ Moore of Latham and Watkins, a resident of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, just give me one second, and I think our presentation is being pulled up. Great, thank you again, commissioners. Uh, DJ Moore again. Uh, first, to thank you to Mr. Vu and city staff for all of their hard work on this important project for the Sunset Strip. We are in support of staff's recommendation. Tonight, I just wanna spend a few minutes on the bigger picture and the context for this extension request. Next slide, please. For those of you not familiar with this project or who would like a refresher, I wanna show you just a few renderings of the approved Gensler design project this view looks south on Sunset Boulevard towards Hilldale uh, and really highlights the unique sculptural glass fins on the building facade as well as the building balconies and other elements that made this a landmark uh, design project that was approved by the City Planning Commission and the City Council. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, as approved, as Mr. Vu mentioned, the project is a nine-story commercial building containing approximately 117,000 square feet. It includes a private membership club with lounges, dining rooms, uh, outdoor terraces, and a rooftop deck, creative office space, retail and restaurant uses with outdoor dining along Sunset. And as Mr. Vu mentioned, the project is built over a subterranean valet parking garage with 279 stalls. Next slide, please. The project includes a number of significant public benefits valued at over $12.1 million, including arts funding for the city and a public art gallery and music rehearsal space that is shown in this rendering. Next slide, please. And here's another image of the project from the Sunset and Hilldale intersection looking south toward the public gallery and rehearsal space. That's a retail space on the corner. Next slide, please. The project has been well supported throughout its entitlement process and earned the support of numerous community groups, including the West Hollywood Heights Neighborhood Association and the Norma, Norma Triangle Neighborhood Watch. It's also one of the very few projects that has been directly endorsed by the city's voters, who in 2019 rejected a referendum petition challenging the city's approval of this project. Next slide, please. Uh, our clients remain committed to developing the Gensler design project, but like many other development projects across this region, this project has been delayed due to COVID-19 and the resulting financial markets that have made financing very challenging. Accordingly, we filed for an application for a development agreement in November of 2023 to provide additional time to build. Um, as explained in the staff report, the city has not yet had sufficient time to negotiate that agreement with our clients. So the purpose of today's request is to give the city and our clients up to six months to negotiate the terms of that development agreement to see if those terms can be reached. We have already spoken to a number of stakeholders and recognize that site activation in particular is an important public benefit um, that they will want to see in any development agreement that gets brought back before this commission. 
and the city council. And so to that end, we have already begun working with the chamber and the sunset bid on a potential music arts residency at the site that could come to fruition this fall. Uh, we also intend to flesh out site activation and other details in the draft development agreement through our negotiations with city staff and are requesting that you follow the staff recommendation to give us the time to work out those details so that a development agreement can be brought back to this commission for a full review and consideration in a few months. Next slide, please. Uh, accordingly and consistent with staff's recommendation, we are respectfully requesting the commission approve the extension and recommend that council adopt the draft, resolu draft resolution. Um, I, our team is available to answer any questions you may have, and I thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. <clears throat> Do we have any questions for the applicant? Nope. But do we have any public speakers on this item? Uh, Chair, I have no public speakers here in council chambers. Uh, we do have one public speaker on the Zoom platform, and I'll turn that over to uh, Jenny. Thank you. Good evening. We have one public speaker, uh, Genevieve Morrell. Please unmute yourself, and you have three minutes. Yes, we can. Okay, thank you. Good evening, Mr. Chair and Commissioners. Genevieve Morrill, President and CEO of Boca de West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and Executive Director for the Sunset Strip Business Improvement District. I hope I didn't eat up all my time with just the title. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't be uh, with you tonight. I'm moving my home. Um, I also wish to commend Commissioner Copeland for her service and echo what Nick had said. Your work on this commission is truly appreciated and congratulations to Commissioner Jones. We continue to support this project um, it, in all its iterations. We've been, um, sorry, I'm trying to move my, hold on. Um, we have continued to support our, as they have continued to support our community. Whatever we can do to give them the time they need is much appreciated. In the meantime, as DJ Moore said, these owners understand what's needed to activate the location so that it doesn't become an abandoned site. And that said, the Sunset Strip bid has been working with the owners to allow us to activate the property with an exhibit of artwork inspired by the music of the doors with a company called Songwort Art House and hope to inspire local artists to come and create a sort of an artist salon. While they prepare and beautify the interior and the exterior of the space, they, uh, at 80, at, of the exterior of 8920, they opened a James Brown exhibit right next door at 8912, rent-free from the developers of this uh, old Hustler building. This will become a great art hub for the next few months and will generate much-needed pedestrian activity in the area and infuse spending in our restaurants, nightclubs, and shops. Also, it would be remiss if we did not add that they agreed to save the globe for an art installation on the Strip through the city's art division. As stated when I began, the owners of this property are committed community members, even managing it from across the pond. Thank you for your support. Uh, thank you, Genevieve. And that is our last public speaker for this item. Thank you. Um, the applicant has five minutes um, if you, to address any other public comments. No, thank you. Okay, so I'll close the public uh, speaker portion of this public hearing and commissioner deliberation. Do we have any comments? Commissioner Gregoire. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I'm in favor of uh, staff's recommendation here. Obviously, the app, it's, 
I believe it's in the public interest. Uh, the, the applicant wants this. You know, we want this to be a successful project uh, that the community is going to be comfortable with. If the applicant needs an additional six months' time, I think we should give it to them. Staff wants this as well because it's in the public interest for them to be able to negotiate a <coughs> development agreement that maximizes the public benefits to the community. So I don't have much else to say. Uh, I'll be voting uh, yes in favor of staff's recommendation. Thank you. Commissioner Jones? Sure, I don't really have any comments. Um, I think I'm generally in support of um, the establishment of a development agreement, a new development agreement, um, and of approving uh, per staff's recommendation. Um, you know, I think there were lots of circumstances during the pandemic uh, that precluded projects from moving forward as they should. Um, so I am, I've been seeing and meeting about this project for several years now uh, on commission. Um, so yeah, I'm inclined to support it. Commissioner Edwards. Nope. Vice Chair Lombardi. Sure, thank you. Just a couple of um, quick quick thoughts. Um, I do hope that this project can find a way to move forward. Uh, it seems like it has some nice and considerable um, public benefits. It's an interesting project for sure, and I know it's been in the works for a long time. I guess um, the question I asked myself when I was looking at this is, uh, you know, if it weren't to happen, would there be something better? What would it be? And in general, um, you know, compared to what could happen or could be built, there's a lot um, to be liked about this project. And I, I do understand um, why these types of projects can take time, especially with the pandemic and all the challenges that can be associated with getting a, a large project like this um, to move forward. So I understand the request. Um, I guess the only comment I, I would make is it seems that there is some residentially zoned portions of the site. And so I know Today, when we look at um, you know the housing needs and the arena goals that we have, there's a huge push for housing, um, thousands and thousands of units in the next seven years, or seven year cycle. And um, that was maybe different when this project started. But that being said, um, I feel like this project should have every opportunity to um, try to move forward. And it feels like this is that last push to make it happen. So I am in support of um, the staff's recommendation and moving it forward. Thank you, Vice Chair Lombardi. Um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in support of this project and the six-month extension. Uh, to say that the pandemic put a wrench into things is an understatement, and I really do hope that this development agreement can be resolved in the next six months, because I would hate to have to start over on this site, because who knows how long before we would see anything there. So I'm in support of the project also. Do we have a motion? Commissioner Edwards? I make the motion that we... Um Support staff's recommendation. I'll second. I will Great. second it. Okay. David? Uh, motion by Commissioner Edwards, seconded by Commissioner Jones. And the motion passes on uh, five ayes, noting Commissioner Maddow's absence, approving uh, resolution number PC 24 1541. There is no appeal process. This is a recommendation going forward to City Council. Thank you. 
So I will recuse myself from item 10B due to a conflict of interest and let my Vice Chair Lombardi carry on the rest of the meeting. So just take a couple of minutes to leave. Thank you, Chair Carvalero. Have a good night. We'll take just one minute here. For anyone that's wondering, I, I guess we're going to take a, a five-minute break, but we're a couple minutes in. So as soon as um, the, our commissioners get settled, we'll get started. Okay, and we are now going to uh, begin the hearing for item 10B. This is a request to permit a new two-sided, internally lighted, full-motion digital billboard and new interior and exterior building and site improvements for the property located at 8501 Sunset Boulevard. And I think we'll start with a staff presentation by Jennifer Davis. Good evening, Vice Chair Lombardi and fellow planning commissioners. Um, tonight, we have a sort of team approach to our presentation, so it'll be myself, Jennifer Davis, contract planner, Roger Rath, who is a project planner, and Rick Abramson, who is our city architect, also the manager for UDAS, and Brian League is also here to answer any development agreement uh, questions. Yeah. So tonight, the commission is to review a sign permit for the billboard an administrative permit for the building re renovation, a zoning map amendment to place this property in a development agreement overlay zone, and a development agreement which details the approvals and vested rights of the project. Planning Commission is to make a recommendation to the City Council, and the City Council is the, de the deciding body 
on these permits. The, uh, ex there is an existing one-sided billboard, and it's a traditional static billboard with an image on the flat surface with no internal illumination. Uh, it has a traditional support structure and a catwalk. Uh, the rear of this billboard is uncovered and basically unsightly for those north of the site. The existing billboard, I mean, the existing building has been vacant for more than 30 years. This has been an exciting project that has brought together the city and the applicant team to completely renovate a vacant building for community use to be run by the city, principally for arts programming. The development agreement provides for a 30-year lease for the city um, over the life of the billboard entitlements. The, there are two billboard faces. They are both full motion animation, east-facing and west-facing, both measuring 1,000 square feet. It's about 74 feet from the grade to the top of the sign, and the building is being renovated both inside and outside. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Rick for the next uh, five slides, and he'll talk about the design of the project. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, I think when the Billboard Sunset Arts and Advertising program was launched, there were aspirations and realities. And there's not always the case where the aspiration, the reality comes together. But I think this is one of the projects that are coming forward that in the spirit of what was hoped for this program, it, many, many of the goals are actually achieved here. Um, we have a building that sat for 30 years, uh, differently occupied and actually empty for a good chunk of time. Uh, it's a building that really was dying for some refreshment and rethinking, and only through this type of uh, intervention could it really become possible. So um, this project is conceived of as a whole. So it's it's combining sort of urban design goals and architecture goals with such some of the um, arts and advertising goals. And I think it comes together exceedingly well. Uh, the singular uh, uh, billboard is now being proposed as a two-sided um, moving image board. It uh, sort of juxtaposes two different shaped boards, a vertical facing west and a more square shape facing east. The orientation has been angled to the strip. You know, I think there's uh, an understanding and recognition of some of the residential context to the north up Miller Drive and Carroll, um, to the south, the Millennium Towers. Uh, so I think the applicant did a tremendous job in sort of threading the needle and looked really careful at the orientation and the best possible face to make this work. Um, over the process, I just really want to compliment the applicant team. They were, sorry, sorry, change of microphones here. Um, the applicant team was, uh, you know, very open to the goals of the city. They were very interested in helping to shape a new intersection from an urban design standpoint. The top of La Cienega and Sunset coming together. Um, is imagined as a real vibrant uh, place for the future, and they they took it very seriously and, and really wanted to contribute to making it better, and we really appreciate as a staff the spirit with which they approached this project. Um, 
The building itself is being transformed entirely with new openings. Um, the proposed use at the moment is a, is a civic use, hopefully uh, an arts gallery, something that could be programmed by the city's arts division. Um, the applicant team has looked at transforming uh, the relationship to Sunset. They'll get into more detail of how they're doing that, but through a combination of operable windows and horizontal lift-up doors, uh, there's going to be a much more uh, indoor-outdoor vibe to this part of uh, the intersection. I think it's going to be far more pedestrian, engaging, in a you know very difficult context. The shape of the site is incredibly irregular, um, and there's had to be a lot of careful thought put into it, um, even down to the level of the, the trash collection, which is being moved to the sunset side to clear up some of the congestion for the residents up in the hill on Miller Drive. Um, there will be some uh, urban and design enhancements, some of which will be part of the uh, initial work that the development team is going to do, and then the city anticipates a subsequent phase for a larger um, intersection improvement at the Four Corners to really ensure that um, the entire urban design of this place is thought through really carefully. Um, the, the team will get into greater detail well as how the, the design came to be, but you're going to be hearing about um, uh, an illuminated curtain with an interesting kind of mesh, which is going to really hold the corner and transition the architectural aspect of the project up into the media aspect in a, in a rather creative and uh, very seamless way. So it's, it's a very dynamic proposal, which is quite exciting. Um, the illumination has been looked at very carefully. You'll hear a little bit more in detail about that. But the idea is that the surface of the mesh will be um, backlit. This came out of some comments from the design subcommittee from SASE. Uh, there was some um, concerns with the initial proposal of this project, which was proposing uh, light strips that were projecting outward onto sunset. There was a great deal of conversation about trying to avoid what we're calling the Las Vegas effect in this program, that the idea is not to be introducing superfluous light onto the boulevard, but rather to use light as a way to highlight surface and in architecture if there is any lighting that is part of the building which is consistent with other commercial projects that would be done anywhere in the city so we challenged the team to you know rethink that and they came back with this illuminated curtain which i think is um, quite striking and really will hold that corner exceedingly well uh, at, at sunset there was also some discussion at the subcommittee about the backside. Um, I think it's the next slide. Yes, thank you. Um, where uh, in the past the commission has, you know, wanted careful thought to go to the backside of the boards, and again the the applicant team responded well, um, treating it in a very subtle, minimalist but sophisticated way, uh, and so it it sort of fits into the profile and the landscape of the other buildings beyond. Uh, we feel that the structure itself really doesn't um, detract from any sort of view shed in this case, but rather sort of fits into what's already there as a series of towers, and it 
kind of takes its own place. But um, I think that from a staff point of view, we were really excited to see that thoughtfully um, integrated as well. Um, I think I've pretty much covered the, the key points of the committee. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, the interiors in a moment. Um, here is an image of this mesh that is part of this curtain that is proposed. I believe there's a physical sample here that the, the applicant will take you through. But um, in general, it's, it's a very uh, thoughtful and a dynamic project that we feel from an architectural and urban design standpoint um, is situated really well and, and very provocative in what, what really those aspirations for the program really was. So with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Jennifer to get into a little bit more of the lighting aspects. So the applicant conducted a lighting calculation study to look at the lighting impacts from either the billboard faces or the mesh structure. And this study reviewed the impacts to the area along Sunset Boulevard, where the principal light would be projected from either of these two elements. No light falls from the billboard faces onto Sunset Boulevard. Rather, it's captured on the roof of the building. The light from the mesh would fall onto Sunset Boulevard, but it is minimum. Um, about one foot candle. The study determined that the maximum light level of spillage of both the billboard faces and the mesh structure together onto Sunset Boulevard would be 1.5 foot candles. Now this measurement assumes a purely dark sunset environment, assuming no street lights or lights from other buildings. So this would be additive light to the already lit environment of sunset. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Roger, who will walk you through the interior or summarize the interior floor plans. Hi. Thank you, Jennifer. So the interior of the building will be reconfigured as a two-tiered open gallery space with a lower and upper gallery area totaling 2,655 square feet. The main gallery space can be accessed through two large overhead doors along Sunset to provide a connection between the interior and exterior spaces and allow for the installation of larger art pieces. The second level of the building contains private spaces to be used for the city arts programming. The eastern portion of the building on this level is open to the main gallery space, which allows for a small overlook from this level to view the art from an elevated position. In accordance with the city's sustainability and climate goal, the new design replaces the current inoperable windows with operable windows to provide natural ventilation and daylighting. Um, so now I'm going to turn it over to Rick to kind of um, highlight the, the subsequent meetings we had. Thanks, Roger. So as I mentioned, there were a few things at the Sunset Arts and uh, Advertising Subcommittee that um, the committee encouraged the applicants to think further through further. The lighting was certainly one of them. Uh, there was some discussion along the frontage about the overhead doors that are opening up onto sunset. Um, there is a bit of an anomaly here where the building itself is set back from the property line, but the paving in front looks like sidewalk. So it's natural that pedestrians would want to walk along the front of the building. And the concern is that when the doors lifted up and opened up, we could have a bit of a safety issue. So we did talk to the applicants about that. They've come back with um, a change of material and texture 
so that will clearly demarcate what is sidewalk and what is private property and i think over time if need be once the space gets occupied we could always look at large pot potted plants or other things adjacent to the doors but we are cognizant of that kind of unique condition and just want to make sure that we're we're being thoughtful about that condition as well on the back side there was also discussion about what's visible at the roof level and some screening that would be optimum and so the applicants can talk more specifically but they've added some additional wall and screening on the rear to also address you know and tidy up and clean up from a view shed standpoint we're happy to go over other comments as we go but i think those are the 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 biggest points that were raised in discussion so i will turn it back over to jennifer to finish off the report and these next two slides are about obstruction of other billboards this is westbound and this is down here in the lower left is the existing condition so this is the 8501 board and this is the 8535 board you can see on the top image this outline here is the existing 8501 billboard so the new proposed billboard will slightly reduce the obstruction of the 8535 billboard by by that small amount but still reduces the obstruction and then this is eastbound the back of the existing billboard does not have ad content so it's not really affected but the new proposed 8501 billboard will be partially obstructed by the existing 8535 billboard so that's the sort of minimal obstruction situation for this billboard and then i will turn it over to roger and he will take us through to the end of the presentation hey thank you jennifer so the proposed billboard exceeds the height of the existing billboard by 18 feet, and the proposed billboard contains 2,000 square feet of full motion digital, which is 1,000 square feet above the policy standard. The policy allows for an approach for alternative standards for billboards to allow for creativity and flexibility. Therefore, when an application demonstrates that it meets or exceeds the vision laid out in the policy, but cannot strictly meet each standard listed, then it can be reviewed and approved as an alternative project when an extraordinary, extraordinary um, community benefit is outlined in the development agreement. Therefore, this project is considered an alternative project and the extraordinary benefit is that the renovation and use of the site as a city-operated art gallery or community space, which is detailed in the development agreement. A negative declaration was prepared for the Sunset Boulevard off-site signage policy for new billboards along Sunset Boulevard. Through a thorough review of the policy as a project under the California Environmental Quality Act, there were no significant environmental impacts through a negative declaration analysis. In January 2024, the city prepared an addendum that was project-specific addressing the entire proposal and found that no new environmental impacts would occur, nor that new mitigations were required. For any questions regarding the addendum, DUDEX is available for any questions. There are two conditions that staff would like to have edited or added to the record. For resolution PC24-1540, 
starting with condition 3.11. Um, the condition reads, the luminance of the proposed billboard may not exceed 300 candelas per meter squared in the evening. Evening time is defined by policy. Um, everything after the first uh, sentence, uh, we would like to strike uh, from, the, from the condition. To the same resolution, uh, the added condition of approval should read, this approval is for new offsite advertising billboard as shown on these plans, which were reviewed and approved by the Planning Commission at its meeting of February 15, 2024. A copy of said plans shall be maintained in the files of the city's planning division. The project shall be developed and maintained in substantial conformance with said plans, except as otherwise specified in these conditions of approval. So staff recommends that the Planning Commission adopt resolution number PC24-1538, 24-1539, and 24-1540 with modified conditions, recommending that the City Council approve the sign permit, administrative permit, zoning map amendment, and development agreement, allowing for a new billboard and a building remodel at 8501 Sunset Boulevard. So this concludes the city's presentation. We are available to answer any questions. Um, additionally, the applicant has a presentation they would like to share as well. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. And you were also smooth in your handoffs between the various parts of the presentation <laughs> in person and via Zoom, so thank you. Um, before we get to uh, questions of staff, if there are any, um, I'd like to ask if there's any disclosures at this time. Maybe just start at my right over here. Commissioner Jones. Yes, I had a brief phone call with the applicant's representative and we discussed items contained in the staff report. And Commissioner Edwards? No disclosures, okay. Nothing. Gregoire, no disclosures. I did have a brief uh, phone call with the applicant's representative. We also discussed matters um, included within the staff report. And on that note, are there any questions for staff at this time? Yes, Commissioner Gregoire. Um, there's been some, uh, I saw in the public comment and in our packet, there were some concerns raised about parking. Uh, the city intends to operate at that site. Uh, what, what's the situation with parking there? And has, does the city have thoughts about the parking impact? I would defer to Jennifer Alkire or Roger on that as project planners. So um, when we're looking at parking, uh, we look at the change of use. The previous use was in office use, and now it's going to a less intensive use of um, art gallery. Um, so when we kind of, when we, uh, process these, these applications, we look at the difference of what's more required. Otherwise, we default to what's existing. So as this building has no parking, um, there is no required parking for um, the new use. Okay. Um, another concern that's generally always raised in connection with these, these billboards is the cumu cumulative impact of the, the new lighting. Um, can staff speak to to those concerns generally? Um, I think what you're asking is the community effect of all of the new billboards along Sunset, is that, is yes. that correct? Yes. 
Okay, so we are, um, staff is producing a, a lighting study which analyzes just that. Um, it is in final draft form and will be coming to the public for review as part of the uh, billboard policy amendment. So there will be some inf more information, more detailed information on that question. Okay. Um, no other questions at this time. Okay, thank you. I have um, just some quick questions to make sure that I was following correctly. Perhaps these are questions for Roger Rath. Um, the resolution PC 241540, um, the new 2.2 condition, that's an entirely new condition, right? So 2.2 would become 2.3. Is that how you're proposing it? Um, we were proposing it as an addition to that condition, so that oh. should actually be related to 2.1, and then this would oh, be 2.2. Oh, I see. There is no 2.1. Okay. And then I got a little bit lost on how you were changing 3.11, if that was the number. Yeah, 3.11. You were adding in um, the evening off the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that will probably be a new sort of standard condition in the billboard resolutions. And that's because after this lighting study, um, after we take it into account and perhaps it influences the billboard policy, uh, candela rates may be lower than 300. The policy allows for a maximum of 300. So in order to sort of mm, edify all of these candela rates for all of the different billboards, we want to include in the resolution itself what the candela for that particular billboard um, is allowed, is permitted. So in this case, um, it's 300. So the, the text that is being struck is extraneous because it's, it allows for a, a request to increase the candelas, but you can't increase it above 300 because that's the maximum already. Okay, did you have a slide on that change? Or I just wanted, I think I understand the principle. I just was trying to understand exactly what the change was in the text. That is right there. Okay, I guess the only question I have is you're removing the independent lighting study. We're removing what the independent lighting study? Yeah, that, that is that would just be to be to request an increase in candelas. Oh, I see. Yes, I'm following. You, you couldn't make that request. I understand now. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Are there any other questions of staff? Um, Vice Chair, I would like to clarify a little bit on the lighting, just to okay. add a little bit to what Jennifer Davis mentioned about the upcoming lighting analysis that looks more globally at some of the additional signs that are being proposed. Um, in addition, this, this project did have a site-specific lighting study that looked at the baseline lighting of the boulevard around and would take into consideration what we would call a cumulative impact um, on surrounding uses that may be sensitive receptors. So. Um, while we do have a more global approach coming and that you will all review shortly, um, rest assured that this was also studied and that this project would not exceed the thresholds um, as proposed. Okay, I think I understand, thank you. 
Any other questions of staff? Okay, um, then in that case, we can move on uh, to the applicant's presentation. And if you could please state your name and city of residence, and you will have uh, 10 minutes to present on this item. Thank you, Chair Lombardi, members of the commission. My name is Jeff Seymour, Seymour Consulting Group. Uh, we, I reside in Westlake Village, and it is our pleasure as, our, as the project team to introduce and present uh, Sun Cienega to you tonight. Uh, first and foremost, I want to take, an opportunity, get, take the opportunity to uh, commend uh, staff uh, with a special thanks to uh, Jennifer Davis, who is an assistant and quarterback to uh, the uh, city staff's uh, work that we've done together. Um, I can tell you that uh, in the four decades I've been presenting uh, in West Hollywood, I've never been involved in as solid a collaboration uh, uh, a combined cooperation uh, between the city and the projects as we've seen uh, today and which we're presenting to you tonight. Sun Cienega will bring new vitality to the Sunset Strip. And it has a promise of providing residents and visitors with a new and vibrant arts hub curated by the city of West Hollywood. There will never be another project like it. Uh, melding the daytime uh, Sunset Strip to the nighttime Sunset Strip through a re-envisioned building vacant for over 30 years. Uh, at this time, Ben Anderson from Office Untitled will present the project, followed by Brad uh, Berkeley, who is the CEO of Big Outdoor. In addition, Spencer Callick, our counsel, and Dawn Hollingsworth from Dark Horse Lightworks are here to respond to questions, and then the rest of our team will be ready to respond to any issues, questions that you may have as we move forward. We thank you. Good evening, uh, Ben Anderson with Office Untitled, uh, resident of Studio City. Trying to figure out how to move this forward. There we go. Uh, I will try to eliminate as much duplicative information as possible, but as Jeff said, and um, that the applicant team has been excited from day one, this is a really rare opportunity to, to take a building that has sat vacant at one of the most important intersections of the city um, and give it new life reinvigorate the sidewalk um, and um, continue to, to benefit the, uh, the urban realm. What was an initial inspiration for the project at its um, concept award phase um, was these very unique ways of experiencing the Sunset Strip. And this is a um, photo work by uh, the artist Ed Ruscher called The Every Building on the Sunset Strip. And what it did at a very early age is um, kind of saw the strip in a very different way, almost in a very linear narrative manner, which today we now recognize as a very familiar tool, uh, basically Google Street View, and that's this. So um, we really wanted to sort of uh, create a contemporary way of reflecting how people experience urban space today, uh, largely through self-narration via social media. Um, and if you imagine you know, a person's trip through a city or the Sunset Strip, they end up with this sort of very episodic uh, story to tell, and our initial concept award-winning design 
which, would, which was presented to the subcommittee last year, envisioned that telling those stories or having that narrative through a series of uh, activated LED fins uh, that would sit on the facade, and we would call that a curtain of light. Um, and through the great input from the subcommittee um, and mounting concern from the city regarding the Las Vegas effect, uh, we decided to pivot. And the, the, um, to, to sum it, it was essentially, how can we be less digital and more analog? Um, thinking differently about how people experience the strip as either a pedestrian moving along its length or a vehicle, and um, we wanted to, to find ways of allowing a building to change to create a relationship with people moving past it that was passive. It didn't require light, it didn't require motion. In fact, the person moving past the building is the motion that creates interest. Um, Taking just kind of a little step-by-step -step of, of, of what we're doing here, this is the original building, obviously in need of uh, much care. So the entire facade is being renovated. Uh, we're, we're adding you know, additional daylighting, additional windows, as staff had mentioned. Uh, those windows will be operable. And really trying to create a connection to the street, um, both for the, the gallery uses, but also any other uh, potential anticipated city uses. And we do that via a series of doors, um, vertical bifold doors that can completely uh, eliminate the border between the inside of the gallery and the outside. Um, what that does is it, it creates the sidewalk as an element that um, can be an extension of that gallery and a really welcoming mat for people walking by to encourage them to come inside. As it relates to the billboard, um, we wanted to take advantage of this rare opportunity. Should I pause? Yeah, and you, okay. we won't count this against your time. I would like to take a short pause uh, uh, for the, the laptop battery died.
Thank you, everyone, for your patience. We had a little babbling issue. Thank you. Okay, are we ready to continue, or do you need a few more minutes? No rush here. Okay. Would you like? Should we take a quick break, or are we good to go? No, I think we're we're good to go. Um, and then you have four minutes fifty-five seconds. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as I was saying, as it relates to the billboard, uh, we really wanted to find a way to integrate that into the, uh, the new proposed facade. Uh, from an angling standpoint, this is a unique opportunity along the strip in that it bows, and so um, we can provide great sight lines and great value for the, for the billboards um, in a way that doesn't uh, project into neighboring properties or up the hill. Um, in doing that, in sort of angling or folding that, that uh, plane, it begins to kind of create a relationship with the building, adding more depth, and we wanted to bring that surface um, at the time, the curtain of light, towards the corner to help mark this important intersection and reflect the proposed uh, urban space improvements that are happening, ultimately resulting in a gallery that was an extension of the street. Uh, this is an axiometric of the current design as proposed. Um, I'll just jump right into the renderings. Um, so as you see here, the, the kind of dom uh, predominant feature of the building is this uh, re-envisioned curtain of light. It is a static, passive uh, facade made up of a 3D printed mesh with the sample that you see here. That gives us ultimate freedom with how to form this. And what really intrigued us was the ability for this to look different, whether you were heading eastbound or westbound, whether it's the morning, the afternoon, or the evening. Um, and so, in a way, it, it helps to activate the skin without ever needing to use light. Um, however, in the evening, we are proposing a, a soft architectural illumination from within the mesh that washes light onto the mesh itself and limits further light intrusion. Looking straight at the building, I think the main features beyond the mesh and the billboards themselves is a re-envisioned, simple, clean, new building for the city to use with strong connections to the street, operable windows, and an increase in overall daylighting. Uh, another key component is the um, screening of the billboard elements, the catwalks at, at the structure, et cetera, um, from the res residents up the hill. Um, we've taken great care in trying to mitigate that. You can see the existing condition, um, which is in disrepair and has very large fences and sort of as unwelcoming as it could get. Um, we're proposing a simple architectural mesh as the fence for security, and all of the existing building facades will be patched and repaired and repainted, uh, bringing it up to a, a nicer state. This is the night view, as was shared previously. And again, what we're, what we're ultimately looking for is uh, not dominating this intersection, but complementing it. There is a number of new projects being uh, anticipated um, across the street and around the corner, and we want to, to create something dynamic and interesting um, but that uh, joins the urban realm uh, in a respectful way. The materials, again, I think I'd mentioned was intentionally simple. Um, series of uh, white metal panels with fins, that, that fin being to kind of match the uh, existing window pattern, so we're trying to reference some of the existing building without being too heavy-handed. Um, and the majority, of course, is this 3D printed mesh. What's extraordinary is that we really have um, ultimate freedom with it. Uh, the panels themselves can be uh, up to 20 feet tall, several feet wide, and um, quite deep. And what's interesting is the deeper that mesh goes, the more opaque the material is. So some of this mesh uh, reads fairly transparent, some of it reads fairly opaque. And we're gonna use that depth 
to hide elements um, beyond the parapet that we don't want the public to see, but also to be more transparent when it sits in front of the, the double height glazing for the gallery itself. So we're really excited about the opportunity. Um, I won't go into too much detail because I think a lot of this has been covered in the staff report. Um, but we're, you know, we, we are joining a, a larger kind of urban proposal for improving the site. We're excited about that. And again, the gallery is an extension, um, serves as an extension of the street and vice versa. Uh, the roof plan of the billboard, just to sort of orient everybody, is we have two roughly 45-degree angle orientations to sunset. That is because of the bow of the street, so they, um, further away, actually read almost uh, 90 degrees to traffic. And the proposed facade mesh itself, while being very dynamic, is entirely inside the property line. Um, at this portion of the corner, it does cantilever out to try and signal a little bit more of the significance of the corner. With that, I'll let uh, Brad Berkeley come up if we have any more time. Otherwise, we're available for questions. Thank you so much. You have 11 seconds left. <laughs> Brad Berkeley, we're really excited about this program. Uh, it's a great use of the arts program. Um, and I have one second, so. <laughs> Do you, oh, you I, need I, a minute, I, I, I get extra time. my colleagues are okay with it, we can, we can probably go over if, I mean, yeah. Please. <laughs> okay, Brad Berkeley, Big Outdoor. I'm the founder of Big Outdoor, Dallas, Texas. Um, I just want to say, in, in the in the decades that I've been in the business, uh, I've never seen an entitlement program as it relates to signs uh, be used in this specific way. The partnership with the city, and you know, our ability to invest, you know, millions and millions of dollars into the site, which has been vacant for over 30 years, uh, is simply because of this program, the you know, the arts program that's been created. Uh, we're involved in a number of these projects, but this one has been a partnership with the city. Uh, Rick, Jennifer, everyone, they're, you know, they're tough on us and challenge us all the way, you know, along the way. And I think we come up with a program that is really cool for, you know, the city, the residents, and everyone involved. Thank you. Thank you. And I realize now I apologize. I did skip over... Um, any uh, comments from uh, the design review, Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee. I know that Rick Abramson, city architect, did um, pick up on a couple of those uh, items that were discussed. I, um, Commissioner Jones, is there anything you wanted to add from the subcommittee meeting before we move forward into public comments? Do you want to do it now instead of after public comment? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't have a ton to add. It's, I think it's pretty well enumerated in the staff report um, and on page eight where it, it notes this, the SASE Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee review. Um, you know, I think, again, we had pretty sub substantial feedback on uh, the light and its relationship with Sunset Boulevard. Um, again, that's enumerated in the staff report um, and had a pretty extensive discussion about toning that down and, uh, as the applicant said, kind of making it more analog than it is digital to uh, reduce light impacts. So um, I don't know if you have anything to add. I don't have a ton to add in addition to Rick's comments. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there was much to add either. I don't, I don't have much else. I, we talked about the, the, the openness, that dialogue between the street and the gallery and some ways to improve the configurations on the interior as well. And it, yeah. I think it's been summarized. Thank you. Yeah, and I do think, just to add one more thing, I do think we had a pretty extensive discussion just to ensure that there were no light impacts to the north of the project. 
Um, again, that's in the, the staff report, but I did want to say that just for posterity. We did have a quite a bit of conversation about that and how we could avoid impacts to neighbors to the north there. So, great, thank you, Commissioner Jones. And and if um, apologies, if you all could just hold for one minute, I have a I have a question over here for staff. Thank you. Sorry, my mic takes multiple presses before it will work. Um, thank you for your patience there. Uh, we'll now begin the public comment portion of the hearing. And um, David, how would you like to start? Do you want to start with uh, anyone in the in attendance here in council chambers? Yeah, we'll start with the council uh, chambers. Um, before we move to the Zoom platform, if there is anybody on the Zoom platform that would like to make a comment, uh, please use the raised hand feature for me or star nine if you're calling in and we'll get to you as soon as we finish our public comments in chambers. Um, our first public speaker in chambers will be uh, Guy Masnick and he will be followed by Aaron Kamen. Thank you. Uh, council persons and staff, I'm Guy Masnick. I live uh, up on Miller Place. I make a left turn from, from uh, Sunset Boulevard traveling east going north up Miller uh, Drive every day, except when I'm on vacation or out of town. Um, first off, I want to first compliment the developer on this project. I love the project. I love the billboard. I was raised in the billboard business. My family was responsible for many of the billboards up, on, up and down Sunset Boulevard. I am not an anti-billboard person. I think the project's fantastic. I have two concerns. Number one, the cumulative effect on parking is it, 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 the development in the area has already created a parking issue up on, up on Miller Place, Miller Drive, and if you're in the towing business, it's great for you because we, I can't, every day I see a car towed from somewhere up there for a car that doesn't belong there. It, it's going to have an impact. To say that, well, it's zoned the same way as other, other uh, it's zoned less intensive based upon the zoning. You know, it's 30 years ago, 30 years of a non-use building. It's going to have an impact. But that said, my bigger concern is uh, safety, public safety. The, uh, the left turn from uh, going east on Sunset Boulevard, going up the hill on Miller Drive, is uh, it, it, those are turns that you can put in a video game and get points if you get through there safely. There's no left-hand turn signal. Uh, and this is gonna create much more activity in this area. And I hope it does. It's a great project. I hope it's very successful. The other interesting thing there is that commuting the traffic, pedestrian traffic, go, going across uh, Miller Drive uh, th 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 is a green light. That same green light allows vehicular traffic going north and south. Uh, it's just a, a waiting game for, uh, for injury. And, uh, and I, we've seen so many accidents that have occurred in that, in that intersection because of the lack of safety that has been put there. I, again, I love the project. I hope it is successful. In fact, it's gonna be successful. It's brilliant, it's beautiful. Uh, but it is going to create 
greater tension in that area and i would ask that the council maybe while they're doing the study on lighting by the way you don't have to you have to comply with the i e s standards that are that's the illuminating engineering society that's put out by the state of california and sunset is a billboard street and it's fabulous but that said the lumens are very high 300 is high uh if this were done by the state of california the lumens would be something around 40 candles per square meter but that said the impact that it's going to have on safety cars driving west on sunset looking at that billboard it's already really dangerous making a left turn there and i would just recommend that the study the council look at the do some additional studies to make certain that it's safe that's it thank you our next speaker will be um aaron aaron will be followed by ellen evans hey there um, I wanted to thank Commissioner Jones for alluding to this earlier. Um, thank you for the opportunity to address you on behalf of Doheny Sunset Plaza Neighborhood Association. These remarks are going to be about public participation in the city's planning processes. We must acknowledge that digital billboard projects significantly impact our community. The repercussions are far-reaching, yet concerning these projects, opportunities for meaningful public engagement have been limited. We spoke about this at a recent meeting of the Arts and Advertising Subcommittee, but wish to further contextualize our concerns for the whole commission. The fact is, agendas for meetings of the Arts and Advertising Subcommittee are not sufficiently disseminated. Furthermore, the notification process for projects deliberated within that subcommittee don't extend to mailing notices to affected neighbors. This lack of communication implies that largely these critical meetings and project plans can be overlooked. Compounding the issue, materials shared during the subcommittee meetings aren't readily accessible on the City of West Hollywood's official website. This means that unless one has attended a meeting in person, the only other available means to retrieve information is through submitting a Public Records Act request. Alternatively, interested residents would have to wait until just a week before the Planning Commission meeting. We did attempt to use the Public Records Act to gain access to the subcommittee's materials but were disappointed when the request was met with a claim that no such documents existed. One week is an inadequate amount of time for residents to comprehensively scrutinize proposals, to understand policy implications, and to formulate informed responses. The absence of transparency in these proceedings may innocuously suggest a lack of initiative in encouraging stakeholder participation. However, Viewed critically, it may signify a more problematic exclusionary strategy. Our community is profoundly influenced by the choices you make about the Sunset Strip. Few of us can step into or return home without traversing Sunset Boulevard. We contribute significantly to the Strip's vitality. As such, we firmly assert that enhancing public participation in the planning processes shouldn't just be a courtesy, it should be a necessity. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
And our final speaker in chambers will be um, Ellen. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, my name is Ellen Evans. I live in the city of Los Angeles. I'm also continuing comment on behalf of the Doheny Sunset Plaza Neighborhood Association, which represents the 2,000 households in the city of Los Angeles above Sunset Strip. We live near the Strip. We take walks on the Strip. We frequent businesses on the, on the Strip. We therefore appreciate efforts to improve the pedestrian experience of the Strip, and we certainly appreciate the attempt to turn this problematic property into an asset to the community. But we do have significant reservations. Um, I'm going to expand a bit on what um, Guy said. Um, so what I'm concerned about cumulative impact-wise on this project is not the light, but the distraction. So it's a very complicated intersection, and there are going to be three, proposed to be three multifaceted billboards at this one intersection. And the way the environmental document deals with this is that it says that um, it's a highly urbanized, visual, visually rich context environment and would therefore not substantially increase the potential for roadway safety hazards to, recur, to occur as a result of the policy implementation. But that analysis didn't consider the characteristics of this particular intersection. And it, it's a frightening one making that left turn. I know that there's a turn arrow planned, but to have westbound drivers further distracted by three billboards and lit up mesh um, seems pretty hazardous to me. Um, so additionally, we do know that the parking is going to impact the community. We know what happens when there's not adequate parking. We saw it with Dobricks. People park illegally. They park up the hill. Um, so our request is that you really think hard about that east-facing component, because that's what seems to me to be very hazardous. Um, and I think you have the discretion to do this, because you have to weigh the benefit of an alternative proposal against the potential hazard. Um, additionally, the Sunset Strip signage policy seems to specifically state um, that a single-face static billboard is not permitted to be turned into a V-shaped double billboard. And I'm, I'm sure there's some reason why this particular project bypasses that. I, I just don't know what it is. And also, I, finally, I'd like to encourage um, adherence to the, um, um, the illuminating engineering standards and to bring the nighttime nits down to 40 at night. Thanks. Thank you. And Chair, that is our last public speaker in council chambers, and we have no speakers on the Zoom platform. We are clear. Okay, great. Thank you. I will now close the public comment portion of this hearing and bring the matter back to the commission for discussion and deliberation. But yeah, they have rebuttal, right? Sorry? They have rebuttal. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. First, applicants rebuttal. Thank you for keeping me in check. I just went to my yellow highlighted text. Uh, good evening, Spencer Callick with Alan Mackins, uh, resident of the city of Los Angeles, uh, on behalf of the applicant. Um, 
again, appreciate uh, everything I said this evening. Again, thank you to staff uh, for all of your help to get there this evening. A couple of things that I heard, um, one was relative to parking. Uh, as staff rightly pointed out, uh, you know, there's no intensification of use, there's no additional parking requirement. Um, as some of you are also aware, there's uh, new changes in state law that don't require parking uh, in high, high uh, uh, transit areas as well. Um, candidly, we're hoping that this is going to be an opportunity for to utilize a site that's been vacant for many years, um, but that also is going to encourage uh, pedestrian activity and that's going to have people from the neighborhood, people who, uh, you know, activate really the, the sunset streetscape uh, and have folks, you know, not parking in the neighborhood, but coming and walking from within the neighborhood uh, to the property. Um, the other thing I heard was relative to uh, potential hazards, uh, as staff already pointed out, and it was in the staff report as well. Um, that's something that uh, has been studied extensively you know, when the program was first adopted. There have been two addendums, um, one site specific as well, that looked at these issues and concluded that there were no impacts, uh, both as to hazards, but also as to, uh, as to um, lighting or potential lighting um, uh, impacts. Uh, it was interesting, and I appreciate Brad just moved that because as we were sitting behind uh, here, I don't think we, I, I apologize, I couldn't see Commissioner Lombardi or Commissioner Gregor because the, uh, the, the way that the mesh is done, it's uh, very dense, so you actually can't really see, I couldn't see any light, let alone your faces um, from behind you, so I, I'm not anticipating that being an issue. Uh, and the final thing relative to public safety and some of the question, or some of the comments um, from uh, a couple of our neighbors, uh, relative to sa public safety of walking and making left turns. Uh, as staff has also talked about, there is a um, robust streetscape improvement plan that uh, is moving forward, hasn't been adopted yet, but is moving forward. And as I understand it, would allow for that left-hand turn lane, would allow for uh, additional um, improvements to try and uh, ameliorate some of the situations. And this project has been designed in keeping with the hope and, and plan that that streetscape project will move forward uh, and we are supportive of that as well. So happy to answer any questions, uh, but more than anything, just want to be very, very appreciative of your time this evening uh, and excited to move this project forward. Thank you. Thank you. At this time, uh, do my colleagues have any questions of the applicant or for that matter, anything that needs clarification with staff? Would anyone like to go first? Commissioner Jones? Sure, I can start. I do have a couple of questions for staff that I could have asked earlier, but I wanted to hold until we'd heard from everybody in the public and from the applicant. Just for public benefit and for the purposes of the meeting, uh, Jennifer, are you able to speak at all to um, just the, the ways in which kind of the transition from an animated, from a static billboard to an animated billboard for the purposes of this program kind of were determined. I know it's also kind of on a case-by-case -case basis and that a lot of these awards, you know, are granted individually, but um, I think if you can help kind of, if you could speak to that a little bit, I think that would be helpful. <clears throat> so much that static billboards could become full motion billboards. It was rather that there was a, a, a design excellence award process where many applicants put forward a presentation um, for individual sites under individual categories that were um, created at the beginning of the program. So it wasn't so much that you had a static board and you could make it full motion animation. It was rather what was the 
what, what was your design concept? What was your proposal for a particular site in a particular category? Does that help? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm open to discussion here. I think um, it seems to me, you know, from, you know, reading the staff report a number of times, you kind know, of reviewing the designs, looking back at, um, you know, what we had seen uh, at Sunset Arts and Advertising Subcommittee last January. Um, I think the applicant has done a really good job of incorporating um, our feedback um, and really took it to heart, which I appreciate. Um, I mean, especially as regards uh, the the lighting impact on Sunset itself um, and on the impacts on our neighbors to the north. Um, you know, we don't just consider people who live in West Hollywood, but also the people who live adjacent to West Hollywood um, because our neighbors to the north, you know, can't, they literally can't drive down to get to anything else without going through West Hollywood. So we're an integral part of their, their daily lives. Um, I would be interested to know, and I will defer to kind of staff and city attorney here, if there's a way that we can, um, as this moves forward to council, should it move forward to council, um, if we can not condition it, but just ask that there be some discussion or direct council or recommend that council take a, a look at the kinds of signage that would be placed near the site. It's, I guess it's not really directly relevant to the applicant or to the project itself, but in terms of safety, um, you know, the turn signals, the signage that would be around the project itself for drivers especially. Um, if we could just ask that council take a look at that as part of their consideration of the project. Again, I recognize it's more of a public works situation, so I don't want to make it part of like conditions for the project specifically, but I think it is an important part of the project to consider. If my colleagues are amenable to that. Yeah, and right now I just want to want to confirm we're in questions right now too, so we probably don't want to. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> so well, now everyone knows what I have to say about it. So. <clears throat> um, That's all for now. Any anyone else have questions for? Yeah, the, uh, the question kind of goes to um, a point just made um, about the future improvements. Like, how does that play into this project, or? How, or creating awareness that as these projects move forward that there's awareness that something's actually going to be done to address the public safety. It seems to be there's awareness by the city of it, but I don't think there's awareness of, by the community right. of what potentially will be happening there to address, you know, those public safety concerns. Right. So we can, um, to Commissioner Jones' request, we can definitely um, increase the amount of discussion around that <clears throat> a little bit at council. Um, we've definitely been looking at all of these sites in concert with each other and, and with the knowledge that the city has uh, a larger plan for the streetscape improvement of the entire intersection. And so um, the, the city obviously is taking the lead on that piece and these, each of these projects will be contributing into the cost of that site improvements. Um, so we will involve our public works and engineering. We will involve um, a study of the entire intersection to make sure that it is um, as safe as can be and that we're addressing pedestrian safety and vehicular safety. 
um, one of you know, we have another project in this area coming up very soon to the Planning Commission and so we can also um, increase the amount of discussion we have about that in that that project as well um, but yes we are looking at them all together um, we're, we're definitely trying to um, integrate all three of those projects with um, the upcoming streetscape project okay uh, Commissioner Gregoire did you have any questions for that that actually was my question but do we have a timetable on the you know, most of the public comments tonight were expressing concern about right. safety issues at the intersection. So to the extent that the Sunset Lusiana intersection improvement project will eventually happen, is that something that the city yeah. anticipates will be happening sooner rather than later, or is that a, a longer term project? Yeah, thank you, Com Commissioner. I can address that. Um, so we are currently planning to go to the council in March with an item to uh, retain a consultant to start the work. There's some preliminary um, uh, ideas that have already been developed by some of the engineers, and uh, we're going to be looking at it, as Jennifer said, comprehensively. It, you know, potentially moves, moving a bus shelter, shortening some of the crosswalks, um, creating safer crosswalks that are not as steep, uh, looking at traffic lane alignments, uh, looking at turning signals and uh, other uh, radii. Um, creating more public space in the intersection to capture more pedestrian flow and in potentially integrating rideshare and drop-off, which will also help to address some of the parking issue if we make it easier to arrive um, through rideshare uh, for, for uh, arrival and, and then pickup. So there's a number of items that we'll be looking at comprehensively through that intersection uh, because we acknowledge this is going to completely transform both on the private and public side. Thank you. Do my colleagues have any other questions or any questions um, for the applicant? Anything? No? Okay. Well, I do have questions for the applicant, so, um, but one, one for staff really quickly. Um, this was touched on um, briefly um, with, with some of the uh, public comments that we heard. So just, you know, for some context, the lighting studies that were conducted at large for the sunset um, policy, there was, there was one study and then there was an update. Those studies made assumptions. Those assumptions were not taking into account this exact design that we're looking at right now, but rather the hypothetical designs at that time, correct? as in this design is newer, different, and larger. Were you able to hear uh, that, Jennifer? I can restate. Yeah, I, I don't know which Jennifer is gonna oh. answer that. <laughs> do, do you are, want me to? Are you talking about the lighting study that's not, that we haven't quite finalized yet? Is that, is that what you're talking about? My question was specific to the previous lighting studies that were done for all of the sunset and billboard program, not the new studies that have not been finished yet. So those studies made assumptions and identified sites, but it, it did not look at this exact design that was pre-predated it. That's fine. Yeah, at that time, okay. the exact designs weren't, I don't 
they weren't known really. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So, but I, I can add to that, the, the, the overall um, study that w went with the original policy didn't address this specific sign, but the addendum to the policy that is specific to this project did address the specific sign. I see, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a couple of questions um, for the applicant since there have been some revisions to the design um, and, and some other related questions. The first question I have, um, I just wanted to understand the, the door configuration that we're looking at in the renderings. Is that a, that's a folding door that, that cantilevers, but also folds like we're seeing in the rendering. Is that correct? Correct. It's okay. uh, a vertical bifold door. So it sort okay. of opens up like this. And then in doing so, it creates a little bit of a temporary canopy. Okay. And then um, it was a concrete paver that we were seeing in the plans. Have you selected that yet? Or what, what kind of material or tone are you looking at? How are you working to distinguish that from the rest of the sidewalk from a safety standpoint? Just curious most, where you are with it. Sure, yeah, um, good question. Um, mostly just through contrast. So typical sidewalks are on the lighter side of a medium gray. And so we want to be a little bit darker just so that you can tell the difference as city staff had mentioned. Okay, so medium gray or a slightly darker gray. Um, I was looking through the elevations and maybe it was, maybe I missed one of the call out tags, but I was wondering at the north side of the facade where there's the additional walls and um, uh, the modifications that are being made to the project. I was just trying to understand what, what you're looking at in terms of finishes there and, and is, that a, is that a painted finish and what color is it going to be because it looked, you know, just kind of white or placeholder in some of the views. Um, sure you're are you talking about the corner? Yeah, so for example, on page 12 of um, the design packet, I see the new wall, and I'm just curious how that works in the context of the existing walls. Yeah, so we, we wanted the, um, the application of that white metal panel to, to turn the corner so that it doesn't feel like, you know, sort of a lick and stick or a, a two-dimensional application. Um, at a certain point, the wall does then jog slightly, so it, it becomes harder to just apply that. Uh, and then the, the, the zigzagging wall you're seeing down there is part of the structural retaining wall, so we didn't want to touch that. Okay. That'll get patched and repaired and painted, but it doesn't have the metal panel on it. Okay, and the retaining wall on this wall above, that's not the glass wall. What, what are you looking at for finishes there? For the retaining wall? Yeah. Are those, is that all the same paint treatment or are you distinguishing yeah, those two? Yeah, just, you know, okay. currently it's, the paint's very old and dirty and there's some cracks and chipping. So we just want to bring that back up to a, a fresh coat of paint, make sure that there's no chipping and cracks and. Okay. And then I just wanted um, to get confirmation. Am I seeing the operator logo on just one of the two uh, digital signs, the square? That's correct. Okay. And that's how you intend to proceed with just one Correct. logo on the one side. Okay, thank you. Um, I appreciate that you brought this sample here today, and I do have some questions relating to that. Um, I quite like what you're showing in the renderings, and I understand that you've come to this design to sort of address some of our concerns before, which was that we had we're seeing what, what seemed to be a large amount of you know, digital panel, basically, which we know will contribute 
because it's significantly more light than um, something that's more of a traditional facade treatment or something unique like this. Um, what I see in the rendering and what, I, what I'm seeing here are a little bit different to me. So I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, first of all, it's a polymer, is that right? Or is this metal? What? It's a polymer. Okay. And is this representative of the density that you're looking at? Because you had some images that were lighter as uh, well. That's correct. Um, it, I've rarely had this happen, but the mesh is so dense that when we put it into our computer model, it breaks it. So the, the mesh that's shown in these renderings is an approximation. approximation. This is the density that, the, um, that is needed for it to be its own structure. So that's okay. one of the advantages. And it wasn't shown in this packet, but I'm trying to understand how and where the soft illumination or lighting from behind is, where is it located? So we're gonna light it from the rear, which, right. Mm, okay. Turn this around, um, you know, the, it's printed essentially on its back, so that the back side of this as it attaches to the building will be flat, it makes it much more easy to attach to the steel that will support it, um, but it also gives us a kind of a consistent way to, to light um, down and kind of through that mesh, so we get the maximum amount of illumination of the material and the minimum amount of light spillage. Um, the other thing just to point out to your um, point, Vice Chair, about it looking different is this is the unpainted version of it. So this gets treated with an automotive quality paint, so it's permanent, um, and we have full control over the color and what's intended is a much lighter kind of almost like an aluminum satin finish. Okay, have you, have you started to look at samples of the intended finish? Um, we have and we can have you know, paint chips ready for, for city council if that's okay. necessary. I know one concern that we see a lot on, on projects here and, and throughout the city is, is reflection with daylight, so um, that would be helpful to see just to understand how it reacts. Um, actually brought up during uh, your team's rebuttal, uh, it was noted that it's quite hard to see through this. So I guess I'm wondering what, have you, have you done any mock-ups and it, does the light actually carry through? Is it going, what's the effect? Is it going to look good? Have you, have you gotten there yet? We're starting to study that. Okay. And you're confident that it will look good? I think so mostly because we have the ability to vary the density again. Um, the places where we want that wash of light and the illumination is obviously not in places where uh, it's further away from the street. So the majority of that um, lighting is anticipated along the facade. And um, what you can't necessarily see behind those renderings, but is evident I think in the elevations is uh, where you have the double height gallery, we have a double height window so there's a, a moment in time where you have glass sitting behind that mesh, and we want that mesh to be shallow enough that it lets light through, so that gallery has a beautiful kind of play of light and shadow, um, and that'll let more wa wa light wash from the uh, architectural illumination as well. Okay. I, I like and appreciate how this resolves in plan too, not that most people are looking from above, but that you're, you're keeping it within the, the site. But I guess a question I have is, it looks like it almost gets horizontal before it goes up to the digital signage portion. And have you thought about um, maintenance and what's going to get caught in all of this and how it's cleaned or if it turns into a bird sanctuary, if you like that idea? 
maybe it's good for the birds. I, I don't know. Have you looked at all of this too? We, we certainly have. It was really key to selecting this material. Um, you know, first and foremost, we were looking for something that was very light, um, that could accomplish a lot of the goals of, of holding light and being interesting, playing with light and shadow. Um, and there are numbers of installations of this exact product in um, public parks. Uh, this product is manufactured in Tennessee, and there's a few public, I think it's in actually the material palette, there's a, um, a public pavilion, which uh, in my mind was, was sort of the decision, helped us make that decision to move forward with this material, because in that park you have kids walking up and you know, picking at this, kicking it, um, they, they dealt with and haven't had issues with um, you know, animals nesting there, um, collection of material. So it, it seemed to be like the right product just in, from a maintenance standpoint. Okay. Are we going to see the lighting equipment through here? I mean, it's quite dense, but what if it's white cabling and white plastic? Like what's, how are you, how are you handling that component of it so that it looks nice, especially as it becomes a component between the facade of the gallery and its intended transparency? and the equipment that's between that and this that we see at the street side. Yeah, I think we definitely want to match color-wise what the, you know, the, um, the wiring and the, the attachments to the mesh. Um, you know, we, we do have the benefit of, of tracking those down the, you know, the individual ribs of the mesh itself, so I think we can conceal it effectively. Okay. I do have a couple of um, more lighting specific questions as well to kind of just make sure that we're understanding what this project is presenting um, and that it's ready, I guess, for lack of a better word. So um, this is gonna be more technical stuff, but I was curious for the digital portion, the, the two digital motion signs, um, if I understand from, from the report, there was an IES file that was used in the calculation, and I know this has come up and it's been brought up by the public in, in uh, other projects. So what, what file was used or how does that model what we're seeing here and, and what's its distribution? Because one of the, one of the issues that's been, concern, uh, that's been flagged in the past was that it was um, sort of a Lambertian distri distribution equally everywhere, but in reality, a lot of these signs are, are targeting or directing the light downward, which is good for night sky, but can mean that you might actually get a lot more light uh, neighborhood property lines than would otherwise be calculated. So I'm trying to understand what is in this model and what the assumption is for the signage itself. Sure, I'm gonna ask uh, Don Hollingsworth, our lighting consultant, to come up. Hi, good evening. Good evening, Vice Chair, Commissioners. My name is Dawn Hollingsworth. I'm with Dark Horse Lightworks, and I live in uh, Sherman Oaks. Uh, we were provided with a, an IES file from Dactronics, and it was um, a, obviously smaller in uh, its scale, so we had to um, array that over the size of the, the billboard in order to get the, uh, the scale correct. Okay. So uh, I, I don't have the details on how that was tested or exactly mm -hmm. the nature or the brand of LEDs in it. I don't have that detail. 
Okay. Can you speak to when you were using that file, if, how it was distributing the light? Was it omnidirectional or forward throwing, of course, uh, as a sign, or was it? Did it have a directionality pointed downward or at an angle? Like, was it beaming the light down, or or how is it distributed? Yeah, it, I, I I didn't look at that specifically um, because I was just working with the file that I was provided, but um, it it did tend to throw out more. Um, in, in a uh, forward throwing direction. I, I didn't analyze okay. any upward direction, but, um, but it, it did tend to throw forward. Okay, and then for the architectural lighting component, you, you placed a file 12 to 18 inches on center or something like that? Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. have, you, have you done any review with the, the rest of the design team in terms of lighting studies, or is this the first time you're seeing the, the sample, I guess? I'm curious. What, I'm looking at this and I'm questioning how much light goes through it and so versus what I see in the rendering, but I understand that there's some play in the density that can be um, done as the design is finalized. Yes, we were not able to model this. Uh, you can imagine this, this would have been too much uh, to, to handle in this kind of scale. So we had to, uh, we had to develop a, what I called a proxy mesh and it was much more open. And that's why also the light levels are a little bit more elevated because you see a little bit, because there there's not the density to cut down on the light. So no, we do need to work with this a little bit more and I wanna study this a little bit more so, and, and come back with a more definitive answer on that. But, okay. but I'm, I'm comfortable with the light levels at this point. I just need to get comfortable with the actual mesh. Okay, thank you, well, mm -hmm. well said. I, I'm trying to, to put the two together between the, the rendering and that right now and just wanna understand if, if we are confident in it. Um, this may be my last question, I believe this is. Uh, I just wanted to point out when you when you look at the sunset specific plan and, and the policy, I just want to note that there's a monitoring um, component that is looked at for the digital billboard, um, and it, it notes that measurements shall be conducted perpendicular um, to the digital billboard sign face at the property line containing the digital billboard and adjoining residential use property or properties. Um, Luminous meter pointed toward the sign face with the sign off, with the sign illuminated with an image and using an all white display. So the file you used, was that an all white display scenario? Uh, the file yeah. was an all white display. Ab yeah, yes, it was. Okay, and brightest it would be. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, let me let that, you finish. That would be the brightest that it would be in theory, all white display. Well, to get to get technical for you, um, we re the, the the file was the brightest the file that the, the sign is. We reduced it to less than four percent of the output for nighttime maximum. So we we did reduce it in our study because we we provided no additional light in context or in the atmosphere. So this the wow. study that you see is completely isolated and without context. So uh, we did reduce it significantly, and then we applied a just a, a sort of a generic image into the file to try to create the semblance of a um, an image on the billboard. But it is not representative of an actual image. But in order to do, but we did that in order to again further reduce mm -hmm. the sort of the, the whiteness of of what might be the um, okay the original file. Does that, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's helpful. And, and just to confirm, are you, it sounds like 
you're saying that in theory the sign may be dimmed to below four percent in the evening to reach that level is that correct well, I, we we were in our study we reduced the light to that nighttime requirement mm -hmm. and that was four percent of the initial output okay wow okay yeah so um, that that was the daytime and, and that was actually it exceeded the daytime so that would in daytime it would have to be dim as well okay so I, i'm also i am thinking about concerns that may be raised moving forward with this project too. So on the monitoring component, there's there's note about looking at vertical measurements at the property line and at neighboring residential properties. So did you look at that in your model? I know we're seeing what is at grade um, horizontal, but have you looked at those vertical thresholds and, and what those levels are? I, I, did, I did not, okay. I did not. I would recommend taking a look at that, especially if it's going to city council, so that when, when measurements are made or if there's concerns, we can compare what we thought we were getting versus what we're getting and not get in a sticky situation there. Um, I think that that was my last question. Other than that, it was a little hard to see the context of, of the study. It looks like clearly the light levels are dropping off as you get to the property line, but if mm -hmm. there's any way to drop that into the architect's site plan or something, I think it'll make it easier for people when they're reading it to understand where they are on the page, although I see that you've, you're below those numbers, at least at the at grade. Okay, yeah. okay. Thank you I so understand. much, though. Are there, are there other questions? Um, sorry, guys, for all the... <laughs> no, no questions? Anyone? We want to move into deliberation and close the public comment portion. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So deliberation, who wants to go first? <laughs> you want to, you want to resum resummarize sure, or let us know if we your have, thoughts have, have changed? To, you got to keep me in line here. It happens. It's okay. You, you um, also helped me out earlier. <laughs> I should know better. I'm sorry. Um, just as I stated earlier, um, you know, I'm generally in support of this. I think the applicants done a really great job of incorporating uh, the feedback that we had on the design, which I, you know, we did have extensive discussions about. Um, again, I think my only, uh, you know, real request is that um, if we move this forward um, to council, well, it's moving forward regardless. But I think in our comments to council. Um, I would just like there to be some consideration of discussion around the safety elements. And it sounds like that's already being considered, but I do think it's important to consider these things kind of, you know, in tandem with one another uh, and not as disparate elements because it is going to have an impact on, you know, the streetscape and on people's driving experience. So those are my comments. <clears throat> Commissioner Gregoire. Yes, I, I, I do support this project and staff's recommendation. Uh, I already noted, I think, the, the number one concern we heard from the public comments on this were safety concerns at this intersection. I think anybody who lives in the area or has traveled through the area will agree that there are significant safety concerns for this intersection that predate this project. And obviously, we certainly don't want this project to make it worse. Um, so yeah, I, I, 
I'm happy that there is an intersection improvement project in the works, and it's going to be moving forward as um, the first step, at least, in March. So that, that helps alleviate some of my concerns about that. But uh, absolutely, I agree the City Council should focus on the safety at that intersection and, and making sure that those, those concerns are remedied sooner rather than later. Um, Obviously, I, obviously, I th do believe there is significant public benefit to this project. You know, the city's going to be running a, essentially a gallery there, and it's going to be a significant contribution to the community. Um, I too have concerns about parking in the city and the state's preemption of local control with respect to parking. Um, not sure there's much we can do about that in connection with this project, but I appreciate staff's comment that the, it will actually be a less intense use than the pre-existing use, but still parking is definitely always a concern for the community, including the, the residents that live in that area. Um, uh, and I too am pleased that the, the, the city is going to be considering in the, in the coming months and years the cumulative impact of all of these billboards with respect to the lighting, um, that it's, that's, it often, often the number one concern we hear at public comments is the cumulative impact of, of, on the, of the lighting. Um, so yeah, in sum, I support the project and um, support moving it forward to City Council. Thank you, Commissioner Edwards. Um, I echo my fellow commissioners and I wanna thank uh, Vice Chair Lombardi for a little moment of levity for enlightening us about lighting. I thought that was brilliant. I, was, I, I took a lot of notes. I was fascinated by that conversation. Um, and also, I...
Okay, Chair, before you start, we just wanted to confirm officially that the live broadcast is back up. It affected our, cha our cable channel, uh, the YouTube feed. Um, it did not affect our Zoom platform, um, but everything is um, good to go at this time. Okay, thank you. And if I understand correctly, unfortunately, um, we, everyone here heard everything, and I guess apparently in Zoom as well, but um, the connection may have stopped after Commissioner Edwards' uh, com comments. Uh, so during the comment portion, right? Just yes. the comments. Okay. So I'm going to really, really briefly try to rehash um, some of the comments that I, I was um, discussing, paraphrase it, and then we'll continue with deliberation. Um, so I had, I had noted that there's a, a, a nice um, you know, uh, benefit in terms of um, getting gallery space um, and utilizing uh, property that has been left um, empty for decades now at this time and all the public benefits that will be received should this project move forward as well. Um, I did note some concerns about um, where the design stands in terms of the uh, mesh and um, finessing the detailing of that, how it works with uh, the integration of the architectural lighting, maintenance, um, the finishes, that, that kind of stuff to be worked out and, and really um, solidified. And also that if there were a substantial design change, typically that's something that the, the city would then send back over here again. So it looks like it has the potential to be successful, but I know that you know sometimes things change or you want to change the design. And, and so I just want to put that word of caution out there just based on you know where what we're seeing today in terms of the level of um, complete completeness on that design. Um, apologies, let me, let me get back to my notes here. Other than that, um, I, I do think that there's a lot of, lot of benefit to this project, and so I'm I overall pleased with it. I just think that some of the design and, and lighting concerns would need to be addressed and hope that they could be um, for City Council. And then if I can find it here in my notes, um, I guess first I want to ask with the disruption if uh, my colleagues have any other notes that they want to um, deliberate on or anything they want to flag. No? Okay. Um, I had some nice notes here one moment on a couple of um, items that I was noticing or, or um, you know, common items that were brought up as we were deliberating. There were safety concerns, um, some questions as I just noted on, on the materiality um, of some of the facade components. Um, and then uh, as well, uh, additional lighting studies are clarifying that. Um, and then any staff clarification on, on uh, how this folds into the overall uh, project. So does anyone wanna um, take it from there? Motion. I'm happy to make a motion that we approve staff's recommendation. Okay, and then quick question um, as you make this motion. Are you looking to make a motion that would include the two edits that staff noted earlier? And I believe staff may have a third um, potential revision as well based on deliberation. So you want to maybe hear that? Right. So we had the two, effect, uh, the two edited conditions of approval, 3.11 and the additional um, condition 2.2. 2. 
And then we had some language that we could suggest if you wanted to add it to the motion to reflect the discussion about the safety of the intersection. So um, adopt staff recommendation with a recommendation that the city council consider appropriate signage and public safety concerns at the impacted intersection, including as the council considers the proposed comprehensive streetscape project. My motion would include staff recommendation as read into the record. Okay, great. Thank you. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay, Commissioner Jones. Any any final questions or should we go to vote? Ready to vote? And the motion passes, noting four ayes. Um, uh, Chair Carvalero abstained and Commissioner Maddows absent. Uh, this is approving uh, draft resolutions number PC 24-1538, 24-1539, and 24-1540 as amended. This is, there is no appeal process. This is uh, recommendations all going forward to the City Council for approval. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we will move to um, item 11. New business was already covered, um, discussed. Yes. I know that we've already done commissioner comments, but I just did want to add something. I anticipate that my last meeting is going to be the next planning commission meeting, which is March 7th. I don't think I said that earlier. I will be very pregnant, but I plan to be here. So um, that's the week before I'm supposed to deliver. So I just did want to state that for the record. If there's a change to that, I will let... Uh, David Gillig, uh, no, as soon as possible. Thank you. Item 12 is unfinished business. There is none. Item 13 is excluded consent calendar. No items. We already covered item 14. And then um, we have item 15, public comment. Uh, Chair, we have no public, general public comment at this time. Okay. In person or in Zoom, nothing. And then we already did item 16, so I believe I can now adjourn this meeting. We've covered everything. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Uh, uh, nope. We're adjourning to... Um, we're adjourning to the next... <laughs> thank you. Yes. The next Planning Commission meeting, which will be held on um, Thursday, March 7th. Correct. Thank you. Thank you.